0: Welcome to the Global Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we build community in prayer to empower the church from local expressions to global connections. For more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com. Thank you for this time of worship. Thank you for taking us, bringing us into your presence, Lord. Lord, you said that two or three are gathered, there you are in their midst. So I thank you, Lord, for the presence that is in our midst and listening to our words, listening to our prayers. Lord, I pray a blessing over Syed, who is going to speak today. Lord, give him wisdom. And Lord, speak through him to us and help us hear the words that you are saying to In your precious name. All right. Brother Syed uh, is a new member of India Watch. Nina Thomas introduced him. Thank you, Nina. So he has an amazing story of how he converted from a Muslim to a Christian. And while India is going through the throes of persecution, I think that testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I pray that we see much harvest in India. So, Brother Sayed, take it away.
1: I thank God. Uh, for giving me this opportunity this time and I glorify his name. We all are living so that we can glorify his name. I believe it. That's the reason why we are alive, that we can lift his name on high. So I thank God for what he has given me this opportunity. So before I can go on, I just thought to introduce you all my family. So here I have, I'm blessed with my wife, Samina, and she is my two years old daughter. Praise the Lord to everyone. Oh, all right. So, before I can start to get into God's word, enjoy. enjoy your day. All right. All right. So, now, before I get into God's word, I just thought I'll on my stopwatch. Because when I start speaking about Jesus, I don't look at time. So, I one thing about me so just a reminder okay thank you so much for once again sister and thank you sister jesse and uh, olivia for leading us into a blessed time of worship it was indeed a blessing thank you so much Uh, may god bless you so let's get into god's word now and um, before we get into our before i can share my testimony i Let's look into God's word and uh, today we are going to see I've taken a very um, a common story which all of us know and but there are a lot of things that why God has kept that story in the word of God so that we can learn with today many principles in that so let's learn but when we are getting into the story let me tell you before we get into the story. We need to know that we are not serving a historical God. No, he is not a history. We are serving a God who is now exist, who is with us even now. Even though we are looking at the historical event, but the God whom we are serving is alive today also. Amen. So thank God for that. So let us get through this historical moment. That is, First Samuel chapter 17. And we all know that story of David and Goliath. We all know that. So I've taken it to a familiar story because I'll get much time for me to get into my testimony also. So as I was meditating this chapter, the Lord spoke to me many things, but I just thought to share with you a few of those. So when we start reading this chapter and... uh, the verse 4 onwards, it starts telling that then a champion came forward from the army and of the Philistine named Goliath. Now, here is an introduction: what the word of God is giving about Goliath. Okay, God is introducing the enemy of the David, the enemy of Israel, the Philistine over here. And you know, okay. And he, he tells that he has like he is nine feet tall. Okay. He has a huge helmet. He is having an armor. He's of a good weight. And he's like having a lot of swords. Like he has a sword armor carrying with him. So it describes a lot of things about from verse number four to seven. I'm going it quickly. This is a homework for you all. So you need to go through this chapter. It's really a blessing. So what happens is from verse 4 to 7, the word of God talks about Goliath, describes about who Goliath is, okay? And uh, he in verse 8, when we get into verse 8, what happens is he stood and shouted to the rank of Israel and said to them, now this enemy, that is the Goliath, he's standing against Israel, okay? And he's shouting, why do you come out to draw up in the battle formation? I am not a Philistine, and you servant of Saul, choose a man. Now look at this. I want to emphasize a few of the things in this chapter. That's why I'm going a little fast. Now here, in verse 8, here he says, choose a man as your representative and have him come down to me. Look at that. Now Goliath is telling you people choose a man. You know what? That's what enemy tries to do. He tells you to choose the things to make decisions of your life. But you know what? The good thing what happens over here is none of the Israelite people chose David. None of the people chose David. And it is God who sent David in that situation in that place. So just imagine that situation over there. Here's Goliath is telling, you people choose. Sometimes God doesn't want us to choose or make decisions of our life sometimes. And that is a moment when, and when God doesn't allow us to choose a representative, it means God is going to provide some solution. God is going to send someone who can help us. All right. So for this particular time, what happened is they have not chosen anyone. Israel didn't choose anyone. And what happens in verse nine? If he is able to fight me and kill me and then we'll become your servants. So he's putting an offer. If he is able to defeat me, then what will happen? I will serve you. Can Do one thing? To defeat the enemy, we cannot choose the battle. It is God who needs to choose the battle, and when God fights the battle, there is always a victory. Amen. What happened here in this situation was, it is not the human being who chose David, because those people were frightened. How do I know that? In verse eleven, it says, "When Saul and all Israel had heard these words of Philistines, they were dismayed and very fearful." All these, even the king was afraid. Look at this, imagine the situation. All were afraid. Sometimes it's not only now, we might be thinking about that battle and thinking, how is it applicable for this situation? Don't you think that some of us might be scared to share the gospel to the people? Some of us may be thinking, oh, if I shared the gospel to a Muslim? Probably he may be asking me many questions. I may not be having the answers. Some of us may be scared of looking at the enemies. Some of them are scared what's going to happen in the future. We live in an environment and the conditions and the circumstances of fear sometimes. This is one of the situations where the Israel and the king of Israel was terrified and fearfully living. But look at that what happens is they don't choose what is right. When a person or when a king or when a country or a person, individual, is frightened, it will be difficult for them to choose the right decision. The reason why Israelite didn't choose anyone among them, because all of them were having fear. All of them were terrified. What happens next? Let's get into that. And here from verse number 12. Now, that's the beauty of God. He introduces about David, who David is, is a shepherd and small young boy. Till verse 15, he introduces about David. So I'm going, as I told you before, I'm going quickly. It's almost seven minutes past. Verse 32. I'm jumping straight to verse 32. You all know the story. So what happens? David goes to Saul and he says, let no one lose heart On account of this Philistine, your servant will go and fight him. Now, the question is, did Israel or king chose David to fight? No, it is God who sent David to fight the man. It is God if in among such a huge country, in such a big nation, God chose one person to fight the battle. He didn't allow the country to be defeated because it it was his own people. Remember one thing, whichever we country belong to, but if there is one David whom God has chosen, that country will never be defeated in the name of Jesus. That country will never be defeated. Amen. So we need to stand up like David stood. And why he stood? I'll tell you the reason. I'll tell you the reason what David has something special. David has something special in him. What the nation and even the king didn't have. What is that? He said in verse 33, You are able to go out. And now Saul is telling you, are able to go against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy. He has been fighting man from, from his youth is telling, now look at that, Israel, the king of Israel is telling, you're just a boy. You're not even trained. You don't even know how to handle a sword. That guy has, he's born in a warfare. He knows everything. He, he describes so much, He magnifies the enemy. The mistake what the fear brings, the fear in you brings magnifying the problem. The moment you start magnifying the problem or focusing on the problem that shows that you are having the fear of the problem. That's what happening to Saul. He was like, instead of looking the, the God who blessed him, who anointed him, who called him as a king, he started looking at to the enemy, the Goliath, and started to magnify, oh, that guy is such a tall guy. He's so strong. He's been whole of his life on war. He started to magnify that. The lessons what we are learning here is do not fear. Second thing is don't magnify the enemy. Magnify God. Amen? Some of this practical lessons what we are learning here. Verse 34 onwards. But David said to Saul, now look at what the response, now what is missing in Saul and the Israelite? That is found in David. That's the reason why God told David He is a man after my own heart. David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock. Now look at what David is doing. He is telling to, he's justifying, he's telling to King Saul, hey, you don't know what God has done in my past. He was a shepherd. He saved his sheep from the lion and the bear. Whenever you go through any situations in your life, remember the moment when the last God saved you, when the last God did miracle in your life. He always looked at past when God did miracle in his life. When God can do it for for him when he was a shepherd, he believed that he can do it even now against the Philistines. Remember one thing, my brothers and sisters. When God was faithful to you, when God was providing you, when God was protecting you before even the pandemic hits the world, even he is faithful today also to protect you, provide you, to bless you in spite of the pandemic, because he is the same God. Look at what David was doing. He's appreciating God for what he has done in his life. Let's all learn that, that we, we, we start appreciating. God, thank you so much for giving me this life. Thank you that we are alive today. Every next breath of our life is a miracle. And he's reminding the king. And what happens in 35? I went after it and he, he tells how he killed the lion and the bear. Verse 37. And David said, the Lord who saved me from the lion and the bear, he will save me from the hands of Philistine. Look at that. He is having 100% confidence. The faith, I can tell you, the faith, it's not confidence, I can tell you, it's faith. When God did it in my past, He is faithful to do it in my present and the future. Because God holds our future. Amen. That's what the God we serve. That's what I told you before. We are not serving a historical God, we are serving a God who is alive today also and forevermore. And what happened? (laughs) Look at that. What is the response of Saul? Saul said to David, go, may the Lord be with you. Now the question is, when Saul said to David, may the Lord be with you, because he was not sure whether he'll get victory or no. We need to know that God is with us always. We need to know that God is always with us. How do I know that? Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. God says, Go unto the world, baptize the people, and in the name of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 20, he tells, Until the end of ages, I'll be with you. When God can be with David, how much more we know that God is with us? When Jesus himself has told, I am with you all the time, until the age end of our age. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. God is with you. Amen. When, because God was with David, you won it. And that's why the Bible tells that Jesus is always with us. Amen. And what happened? I'm going to go quickly. And what happened is in verse 29, Okay, verse 28. Sorry, sorry, so study it. The Saul clothed David with the military and put the bronze helmet, head and outfit. What he did is, he, he, he tried, before even he sent David to the war, what he did is, he like, hey, take the armor, take this weapon and go and fight against us. For the spiritual battles, the worldly weapons will be not effective one. Sometimes what happens is your friends and your surroundings, your situations may tell, it's okay. take this. This is what I have I can give you. Go and fight the battle. They may encourage you. But you know what? He took that, but he wore it. He said like he was not even able to walk. When you are planning to go for a war on the advice of a man or on advice or, or, or the protection, what a man gives, you will not even able to walk towards the war also. The Bible tells here, David was not even able to walk. Look at verse 39. Like He said, David stripped on his sword over the military and struggled at walking. Why did he struggle even for walking? Because he was wearing the armor which Saul gave, not God God gave. When he has God on his side, He didn't struggle, but he struggled when he started to use the the weapons, what Saul gave him for using it in the war. I'm almost crossing 16 minutes now. And it said, I cannot go with this. Now look at what David says. I cannot go with this because I have not trained with this. David took off all those things. And then he goes into the valley and he goes to the valley and then the story goes on in verse 43. Philistine, the David, uh, the, he says, hey, you ha- do you think I'm a dog? The Goliath says to, Do you think I'm a dog that you come with me with sticks? You know what? When you go to a war, when you face a war, a difficulties, when God is with you, the enemy loses his identity. He forgot that he is a giant. He forgot that he's having all the armor. He was thinking himself as a dog. Goliath lost his identity. When we go in the presence of God, with the presence of God, with the you know, guidance of God, the enemy loses his identity. What happens next? Verse 44. He says, Philistine also tells, come to me and I will give you your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. He tells it, I'm going to kill you. Verse 45, David said to the Philistines, look at the reply. You come to me with a sword, a spear, a saber. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of armies. The Lord, the God of armies of Israel, whom you have defined. He's telling, I'm not coming with the sword. Isn't that true that today we are fighting a war without a sword? Aren't we like David? We are having a warfare everywhere, every country, persecutions and all those things. But we we are not, because they are getting, they are persecuting us. We are not like Peter, who came to the people, when the people came to arrest Jesus, Peter took the knife and just like, he cut the ear. (laughs) We can't do that. We are not fighting with the war, like with the sword, but we are fighting the battle in the name of Jesus, in the name of our God. We are the Davids of this generation. I want to tell you, you're not here just by an accident. You are here because you are the Davids of this generation. Amen. What happens? This day, that, now verse 46, this is what I'm going to focus and I'm going to conclude the word because I have been running short of the time. What happens is he tells this and then he tells like verse 46, this day, Lord will hand you over me. This day, Lord will hand you over me. Now, the question for you and me. Has David killed Goliath? No, right? He has not yet killed the Goliath. He is still talking to Goliath. He's telling, this day the Lord has given you over me. He is like, hey, in, God has given the victory in my hand today. I will strike you and remove your head from you. Before even he can get into the war, fight, He prophesied. He spoke victory. Amen. Let's all learn this principle. Before even we get into the war, let's speak victory over our life. Let's speak that our nations, the India or US or any nation, wherever, whichever nations we are representing, let's all pray that our nation, the day is coming when every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, that everyone will come and know that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's confess the victory before even we get into a war. That's, he was prophesizing the victory what God has given. Because he knew that God is with him. When you know that God is with you, for sure the victory is yours. And you just need to confess this. Don't look at the circumstances. There might be a huge giant standing in front of you and waiting to kill you. It's okay. It is the fact. Don't look at the situation within your human eye have a vision of God, you know, the most important thing, the most important thing, what David had with the Israel and Saul didn't have, David had the vision of God. He looked at the situation, how God looked at that. People looked at, it's a Goliath, it's a Jaint. Oh, he's born in the war. He's so strong, but look at David. He said like, you are just like a Philistine uncircumcised guy. You are nothing in front of my God. Look at the way he saw. Why? Because God had already told him that he is going to give him victory. Sometimes when we look at our nation, there might be persecutions. There might be some problems. There might be some government situations where there, there might be laws which might be coming up. Or there might be financial crisis. There might be situations like that. But don't stop looking at a human eye and start looking like a godly vision. Like the way David saw prophesize, speak victory. No matter there might be financial crisis in the world, I'll be blessed because my God is my provider. No matter where there is a persecutions, but there is a multiplication in the kingdom of God. No matter, start prophesying and speaking the victory over our life and our nation. That is what God is going to speak to us today. He's speaking to us today for every nation. What happens next? We know that. And you know what he tells in verse 47? That this entire assembly may know, that this entire assembly may know that the Lord does not save by sword. Look at that. Isn't that amazing, the prophecy? God will not save you from the sword. But how? For the battle of Lords, he will hand you over us. That means God, Jesus died on the cross of Calvary 2000 years back. He didn't use any sword. He didn't give you victory by a sword. He gave you victory with love, with his sacrifice. And he gave you eternal life by his sacrifice, not with any warfare. Amazing, amazing points. And what happened next? Verse 49. We all know that he won the battle. And verse 49, the the last point says, he fell face down on the ground. Now the question for you and me, When he was standing in front of Goliath, right? When he struck him in the front, he should fall at the back. But instead of falling back, Goliath fall face down like this. Why? You know why? When you go to a war, when you fight a battle, even the enemies will bow down in front of you. Have you seen people who are worshipping, they'll bow down like this to a king. Even when you fight a warfare by your strength, probably you might be dead. Maybe you will be defeated. You might be feeling a lot of issues. But when you fight a warfare and when you fight a warfare by looking, having the vision of God, like the way David did, you know what happens? enemy will fall down, face down in front of you. Hallelujah. That's what is going to happen. We may think that there are certain things impossible, and our God is a God of impossibles. Hallelujah. What is impossible to man is possible to God. It was impossible for the Philistine, even the king, but God chose a small little boy. He was a small little boy. His father even forgot him that he had a son like that. people may think that they may forget you. One thing, God is going to choose the smallest and give the big victories. He is going to choose the smallest and he's going to give big victories. If you think that you are the smallest, be ready for bigger victories. Hallelujah. I thank God for giving me this an opportunity. I had prepared a lot, but I'm cut down almost everything because I have almost crossed 25 minutes. Anyways, so... I thank God for giving me this opportunity for sharing the word. May I uh, believe that you are blessed because I was all very much blessed by reading the word of God. We don't have any other choice. When you read the Bible, you don't have any other choice that you are blessed. You don't have choice. All right. So uh, let me uh, tell, Let me get back to my testimony now. I have, I have crossed 25 minutes and it may take 15 more minutes. Then uh, we'll... Uh, hand it over to sister so about me uh, my name is Syed Muinuddin by my name you can identify that I come from born and brought up in a Muslim family uh, my family is very orthodox Muslim family from South India every one of us have our own testimonies but the the, the way what I put across is the bible tells in Jeremiah 1:5, he says before I formed you in the womb I know you look at that the bible tells I know you When God knows you, he knows your situation. He knows everything. He's all-knowing God. Amen? He knows everything. God knows you and me before even we are formed in the womb of our mother. That's what the God we serve. He knows us. We don't serve a God who is idle, who is transcendent, maybe like somewhere in the far, who doesn't even want to come on the earth. We don't serve a God. We serve a God who loves us, compassionate. Amen? So what happens? God knows each and every one of us. And what happened is my dad was longing for a son. Okay, he was longing for a son, even though he had five daughters. He had five daughters, but still he was longing for a son. And then after that, what happened, which led him to a Muslim sharon. He went to a Muslim worship spot and he went and prayed a prayer, telling that I need a son and I want my son to walk in the path of truth. That's amazing, right? And today when I go to my dad, he, 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 he gets angry on me. He curses me. You left Islam? You did. You, you are a kafir? I tell him one thing. Dad, you remember what was your prayer? You wanted your son to walk in the path of truth. And that's what the truth is, Jesus Christ. And today I'm walking with that. You know what the problem with my dad was that time? He had not read the Bible. Oh, so. Learning, point number, I don't know how many things we have learned. Each and God speaks to everyone in different ways. But what I have learned here is be careful what you pray. My dad didn't know. My dad didn't know that I'm going to be accepting Jesus Christ and serving God today. I told him, you prayed that I need to walk in the path of truth. And today I'm doing that because in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus Christ, our Lord says, I am the way, the truth and the life. So, we are serving a God who is life, truth. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, be careful what you pray. Know the scripture. All right. Okay. Let's get, go forward quickly. I have 10 more minutes. He prayed. Then, what happened is like when I was born, he was, of course, happy because he got God's blessing with a boy baby. And then, in my childhood, when I was in the eighth grade, I was, I started to see visions and dreams where I'm standing on a, a platform and preaching about Jesus to thousands and millions of people. And I was thinking as I was growing up, I grew up in a Muslim Orthodox family and I used to send to madrasas, Islamic schoolings, where I'd been taught, i have been taught Hadith and all this uh, Islamic stuff. And I've been growing up with that, that traditions. And that time in my own small little mind as a Muslim, I thought, Maybe Allah, the God of Islam, wants me to convert all the Christians to Islam. That's what I was thinking. Sometimes we interpret what, that's the reason why the word of God tells him. When we read the Bible, every word has a meaning. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your understanding. I interpreted that dream in my own understanding. That's the reason why God tells, stop. Don't lean on your own understanding. Try to understand and look at the situation like the way I do. And what happens? What does the word say? In all ways, submit to him. Submit to God. He will make your path straight. Hallelujah. What a beautiful promises we have. We are blessed to have the word of God with us. man. So what happens next? I was getting dreams and vision. And in my till the 12th grade, everything went on well. In my 12th grade, what happened is I fall, I failed in my subjects. I couldn't get through in my subjects. You know what's the reason? What's the reason? It's because of my wrong friendships. Sometimes you might be an excellent. You might be a topper, but you will fail because of your friend circle. Be careful whom you are associated with. Be careful whom you are associated with. So what happened is I was surrounded with all wrong friendships. And what happened? I failed in my subject. That's what the Bible tells again in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. It says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Be careful. Lesson number. What happened is I wrote the exam several times. I wrote the exam. I attempted to write the exam several times. I couldn't get through. I couldn't get through exams. I became a failure. And after that writing again and again, I I thought that Allah is angry on me. God is angry on me. I started to do Namaz. I started to do Dua. I started to do Zakat. I started to do everything what the Islamic ritual tells us to do, but no success. I'm cutting the story very short. One day, what happened is I went to, I visited my friend's house. Okay. I went to visit my friend's house and he was talking about something which I loved when I was a Muslim. You know what? He was talking about biryani. It's a food. It's a delicious food in India. And you know what? He was telling his friend the address where you get biryani, this food free of cost. Especially when you get things free of cost, you will jump, right? i i don't know about you i used to jump so i used to i thought hey something you're getting for free of course let's go there and you know what when i went there that the i overheard the address when i went there and overheard that what was the address it was a church i went to church for the first time for what for biryani for food hey sometimes we come to church not to worship god not to adore god But for our requirements. I came to church for biryani, not to worship God. Let's learn to come to God in his presence, to worship him, to adore him, for who he is. What happened next? After the service got finished, I I sat in the service. Once the service gets over, I went outside and started to search for biryani. I didn't get biryani. I didn't find biryani. i went disappointed. When you go into the presence of God with your requirements, when it is not blessed, when it is not met, you know what happens? Only disappointments. But when you ask God, God, let your will be done, I tell you, my brothers and sisters, you will never be. And what happened to that? Next, I got disappointed. I, but you know what? That free thing was running in my mind free biryani. Let me try this Sunday also. So I went next Sunday, four Sundays I went for church for biryani. But in this world, how, what happens? What happens is the Bible tells your faith grows when you hear the word of God. And my faith was growing when as I was hearing the word of God. And pastor was preaching about God did miracles. What was impossible is possible with God. I believed it. That time I was a failure. Don't allow the failure to take over your emotions. You might be a failure now, but tomorrow. The victory is coming on the way. Hallelujah. You can never be defeated because God is on your side. What happened next? <laughs> and I went for biryani, but you know what? Fifth time when I went to the church, I didn't go for biryani, but I came in the first row. I sat right in front of the pulpit. And I after the service, when the pastor comes down, I told, Pastor, my name is Syed. Can you just pray for me? I'm, fr- I'm a Muslim. I am a Muslim. He laid his hands on me and started to pray. When he prayed... I felt an electric power flowing in my body. Now, that's what I can describe. That's what I can describe. I don't have any more powerful words that I can describe that. It is beyond electricity. The presence of God is beyond electricity. It will shake you. You know what? He, he, and after I ran away to mosque and I asked my Imam, hey, you've been worshipping, you've been leading people to prayer. Have you ever felt such kind of experience? An electric shock experience? He said like, I have not kept put my finger in an electric socket, so I don't know about that. And he said, "Hey, what do you think?" Then I called my pastor and told him, "Pastor, when you praying, I felt like this experience. What was that?" The only thing what he told me and kept the call was, "Holy Spirit has." I was like, "Who is this guy?" When I opened my eyes, when I opened my eyes, I can just see the pastor is laying in hand. No Holy Spirit. Now who is this Holy Spirit whom he's is talking about? I was not being taught about the Holy Spirit all of my life that time. I wanted to know more about the Holy Spirit. When I wanted to know about the Holy Spirit, then I started to read the Quran. I started to read the Bible because in the Quran, it tells that Jesus was born the Holy Spirit. He is called the spirit of the lot of things. Quran talks about Jesus, but I wanted to know more in detail about Holy Spirit. So I started to learn the word of God, Bible. So when I got to know, and you know what happens when I was listening to the word of God, I believed in that. Have a habit of listening to the word of God. Have a habit of reading the word of God. And not only that, have a habit of applying that, believing life. That's what I started to apply in my life. What happened next that started to dwell in me? Bible, Jesus tells, I abide in you. He abides in us and we abide in him. The word of God should abide in you. That is the life of believers, the disciples of Jesus. I pray, let the word of God abide in each and every one of us forever in the name of Jesus. That's what the strength. I have four more minutes to complete 40 minutes of my time. Thank God for the stopwatch. (laughs) All right. So what happened next is I I went there and I I was like asking God, God, I've been hearing from pastor. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. I said one thing. Jesus, I went inside the mosque. I was going to mosque and I was doing namaz. And every Sunday I used to go to church. Both the things. And in in that, after doing namaz, I asked in my dua, I said, God, Jesus, if you are a true God, help me to clear my mathematics exams. Which exam? Mathematics. I'm even today also very poor in math. I want to tell you something. I'll, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you, I'll, i you'll come to know that. <laughs> what happens is like, I told God, help me to clear my mathematics exam. If, if you help me to clear my mathematics exam, even till my death, even if it cost my death, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to accept you as my God. That's what my prayer was in my mosque. I went back to home. I started my studies. Nothing was going in my head, but still I was praying. Then I slept and the exams were near. One day what happened is at night, I heard someone calling my name. I got up, there was no one. And it it took me to my room and it started, I can hear that sound very much clear. And I started to study mathematics. And guess what? I studied only for two hours. After two days, I went and wrote the exam. And in the examination hall, when I opened the question paper, guess what, the sums. The algorithms, the things what I studied that particular day only for two hours, that same things have come in the newspaper, like question paper. And I wrote that. And what happened? I cleared the exam. I was in dilemma. You know what dilemma? God, now I need to serve you. God, I need to now accept you. I need to leave Islam. My heart, my my heart was not willing to serve Jesus completely as God, but my mind was telling, Hey, you promised him. You promised you, you need to keep it. Sometimes we are like that. Our, our actions, our, our praise, will tell God, thank you for changing me, but our actions will be completely different. That's what happened to me. In my, my mouth, I was telling God, I love you. But when it came to action, I was like, no, but what happened next is, Oh my God, it's time up 40 minutes. I'm completed my 40 minutes. Is it okay if I can take two more minutes? Yes, you may. Thank you so much. Lord. Thank you for giving two more minutes extra. That's why I told you, I don't stop when I start speaking about Jesus. Sorry for taking two minutes extra. So what happened next is one of my uncle had come home. He's a witchcraft guy and cutting it very short. He came to a house and he was starting doing witchcraft. I was sleeping in the hall. And when I peeped in, there was a lot of smoke coming out of a bedroom. I peeped inside and he was doing witchcraft. And he saw me peeping and he came. And he told me, come and sit here. I want to tell you something. He made me sit and he said, I will tell you your future. I will tell you what you're doing is wrong. Because my mom and parents, there was be a, When the Christ starts abiding in you, there is a change in you. There will be a change. If you're not changing, that means Christ is not in you. What happened next is I started to change and he, he, he saw my behavior. And after seeing my behavior, there's something different in you. And he told me, he told, my, he told my mom to get the dry coconut. Have you seen dry coconut? And he told me to, he, he kept the dry coconut on in, in the hall. And he told me to sit on a dry coconut. You people are sitting on the chair. That day, he, my uncle told me to sit on a dry coconut. Now don't go and try, okay? It's really not, it's really difficult so what happened is I, I sat on that and he said ask anything what you want to ask and you know what the coconut will answer your questions i was like what are you going mad how can a coconut answer he said it will spin you towards if it is right if it it will spin you towards left if it is not something like that i was like okay i told i'm a 50 kilos guy 50 kilo guy how can it even move i, I said like i don't know what to ask because i didn't believe that my mom ran and came and asked will my son go to abroad Guess what? I started to spin like a top and that, and I was like, how come it is possible? And my uncle said, there is a spirit in the coconut that we call it as jinn, The, this, the angel, the spirit was in the coconut. I said, okay. Then I was praying. I was repenting from all my sins. Then I asked God, please forgive me. I will truly know from here. If you deliver me out of this spirit, I will definitely truly believe you as God. I, I, when I was praying, God gave me three questions to ask the spirit. And I'm going to conclude with this. One more minute I have. So what happened is he said, he gave me three questions. One, the first question I asked the spirit is who is holy? Is prophet of Islam, the prophet Muhammad is holy or is Jesus Christ the holy one? You know what? It turned towards Jesus Christ. It spinned me towards Jesus Christ. It said Jesus is holy. You know why? Even the Quran tells Jesus is holy. Even the Bible tells Jesus is holy. So it's telling truth. I agreed with that. Second question. Whom do you fear? Do you fear the prophet of Islam? Or do you fear Jesus Christ or Lord? Because that time I had studied the New Testament. I saw that when the evil spirit used to come in the presence of God, they used to tremble. So that spirit said, I fear Jesus. But interestingly, people don't fear God, but they will fear God. It's very interesting. Third third thing, who is God? Is Allah the God or is Jesus the God? That spirit turned towards Jesus. It says that Jesus is a living God. I got my complete clarity after that. And that time I saw a lot of dreams and later God delivered me. He helped me to uh, come out of that uh, bondage of uh, Islam and also what happened is I cleared my exam, okay? I cleared my exam as I told you before and then sometimes what happens is when you do, when you stand for God, what gift you get is not an offering. You know what I got, what gift I got because I stood for the Lord? They kicked me out of the house and I was on the streets for six months and they completely denied me. They said, no more our son. I want to conclude with this. Psalms 27 verse 10, the psalmist says, when father and my mother forsakes me, the Lord will take me up. No matter who will forsake you in life, but don't forget that God is on your side. He is going to take you. When he is holding you, you are in his safest hand. It's in God's presence. And I want to thank God for giving me this opportunity. May God bless you. And today, by the grace of God, from past seven years, I'm doing full time ministry, serving God. And what I'm going to show you something like, not show you, I can't, but I'm going to tell you something where the places there are persecutions, God is using the ministry what God has given me. And to exalt his name, we are baptizing, last year, we have baptized more than 50 people. And we have been, God is working tremendously. God is working powerfully for his kingdom. His kingdom is growing. There is no one who can stop his kingdom. Amen. We are serving a God who is unstoppable. Okay, Amen. I want to thank God and over to you, uh, sister. Thank you so much for this.
0: No worries. Thank you. Thank you, Sayad. This was really good. We, um, the word is very powerful, word of God that you um, showed us and from your testimony and from the story of David and Goliath as well. Thank you very much. And I'll ask Hannah to close, pray for Syed, pray for India, and close us out, please.
2: Father, I want to thank you for my brother. I want to thank you, Lord, because yes, you knew him before he was even knit together in his mother's womb, and you had this calling on him all along father and to see him growing into it in the maturity level that he is father and understanding faith lord it's so exciting and father i just pray that this level of faith and understanding your word and digging into your word and knowing that's the foundation of everything father that just catches fire in india Mm -hmm. lord your hands on this nation you are moving in revival you want to see your children, Father, who are created in your image come home to you. And Father, we speak harvest. We believe in harvest within India. Father, I pray for Saeed and I pray for Samina and Hannah. Lord, as you take them out on the streets, Father, that you loose all the angelic host that you want to be around them, but Father, mostly you loose this man's voice and his tongue and what he holds inside his spirit, Father, the passion that flows out of him. I pray for a deepening and a multiplication of everything that you've placed within him. Father, we believe that he's probably called to the Islamic uh, community father but that's not necessarily true you love to surprise father and you are unstoppable we just speak your unstoppable harvest in india until all are brought in father and we speak it in the name of jesus amen 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 thank you so much
0: sister hannah all of you unmute yourselves and pray a, say a blessing over
2: india and and then
0: we the close.